Live from Altona College in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM. Hi, how are you all going? This is Kai coming in on Live FM with the Gambling Harm podcast live from Altona College, Altona, Victoria, Australia. I'm here with my co-hosts, Wynn, Lucas, Nathan, Monica and Desiree. And we are interviewing our young leader, Nathan, who is here today to discuss gambling, harm, and everything about it. Hey, Nathan, how are you doing? Yeah, pretty good, mate. How are you going? Oh, yeah, I'm going not too bad. Good. I've got some questions for you today. Let's go. Were there any past situations that led to become a young leader? So my background to becoming a young leader was largely through my employment. Um, so previously I'd worked at a gaming venue and I'd worked in the... the gaming supervisor role so in that position what I would do is obviously work a shift and I'd see a lot of people spend eight ten hours in front of the pokies and then I would go and I'd come back and they would still be there um, and part through my studies I realized that a lot of people find themselves um, involved in the justice system through gambling type behavior so when I seen the advert I thought I might give it a go. So when did you want to start becoming a young leader? I seen the initial advertisement in 2018 or so um, online and I thought I'll go down give it a shot they gave me free food and you know made it sound pretty promising we made a few TV ads so yeah pretty much when I seen the advert I was like yeah all right I'll give it a go for the people that don't know what a young leader is what is a young leader yeah great question so a young leader is basically someone who's trying to take a bit of lead in the name um and is quite passionate around the topic that we're focusing on. So in this sense, it's gambling harm and trying to increase awareness for young people in the community. So a young leader would typically have the, you know, task of going and having community engagements, kind of sharing what we know with the wider community so that, you know, you guys hopefully share it with your next person and everyone can kind of help each other. Um, But also, you know, just staying up to date with the trends and the research so that we are sharing content, it's actually accurate. Alright, I just wanted to ask, um, you know, things that you can gamble on, like what are the different types of websites and like platforms that you can gamble on, like, I don't mean like, how can I word it, like things you can spend your money on to gamble, I don't, yeah. No, yeah, I I get what you're trying to ask there, there's hundreds of types of gambling platforms, Um, the growing trends are, you know, loot boxes in gaming so video games you know you can bet on rare items um, and that that's increasing quite rapidly so that's one stream that people are maybe unaware that they are gambling but it is increasing then you've got the whole sports platforms you've got a gambling regime for every sport really known to man Um, and then even silly things like the weather or politics so you can really gamble on whether or not it's going to rain today based on the probabilities Um, and how you would do that is largely through mobile apps or in person what are the warning signs people experience with gambling issues? So some of the warning signs that, you know, were pretty typical would be someone focusing a lot on their money or trying to ask you for a lot of money. Obviously, gambling requires funds and if people were chasing losses, which is another sign, they might come to you to fund that behaviour. Um, they can come but quite isolated and separated from their usual group of friends or, you know, they might not show up to family events. Um, another really key example is when you're watching sport or you're just partaking in an everyday activity and someone might be referencing you know how this might be betted on or 
saying, you know, who's going to be the first goal scorer instead of just watching the game with you. How much money is lost to gambling harm in Victoria? So, yeah, in terms of money that's lost, we know at the moment that $11 billion per year is lost to pokey, so that's not including loot boxes and other forms of gambling. That's something that's very hard to put a figure on because a lot of those taxes and incomes actually go overseas, so we don't get that data. We also know that about $7 billion goes towards harm reduction or something that's basically happened because of gambling harm, so that would be like mental health services having to support people through gambling harm as well as, you know, the legal costs in the courts. You know, obviously if someone goes out and steals something to support their gambling habit, there's a victim support um, payment that would be paid to that person. Mm. Nice. If you've just joined us, this is the Gambling Harm Podcast on Live FM, live from Altona College, Melbourne, Australia. You are joined with Kai, your host, and your co-hosts are Wynn, Monica, Lucas, Desiree, and Nathan. And our special guest, Nathan, talking about gambling. Nathan, why is gambling a problem? Yeah, another really great question. Um, gambling is a problem because it's obviously one of those social aspects that doesn't really get recognised in the wider community. Um, obviously, if we see someone that's homeless, we're going to see them in the street. Whereas gambling harm, because it's happening on your mobile apps, it's not really happening in the front of everyone's perspective. Gambling is an increasing problem because there's more and more exposure to young people, which means they're getting linked into these behaviours and maybe not realising what's going on and they're not exactly getting the support before things can escalate. So gambling is becoming an increasing problem in young people through the use of loot boxes. Um, 70% of video games in 2019 were launched with a loot box compared to 4% back in 2010. So that's another way that you know the money's maybe being betted on a particular item that's not exactly being tracked and sometimes the people who are partaking in this behaviour don't really realise what's happening on the bigger scale. Beyond that, everyone's got a mobile phone. Um, so you can't really track whether or not someone's 18. And when you start looking at you know how vulnerable people are, you can see that the people who are experiencing serious, serious gambling harm, so the worst type, is, is increasing with that. So I think just shy of 1% of people in Victoria experience serious gambling harm, and that's obviously quite a significant amount when you know blown out to 6.6 mi- uh, million people in the community. That's a really great input there. This is Wynn, by the way. Um, how would you recognise a gambling advertisement and how would you steer clear of one? So, yeah, you've got the very obvious ones that you'd see on TV. I think there's 374 of them. So, yeah, you've got organisations like Labbrokes or Sportsbet, which were quite ab- like directly advertised during an AFL match, for example, or say, or bet on the first goal scorer. Beyond those really obvious marketing clues, obviously I was talking about the loot boxes just before, and that's another variation where... You don't necessarily get told this is gambling, but you will be, you know, given an advertisement around getting that next row item so you can be number one in your friendship circle or whatever that gaming community kind of pushes for. Then beyond that, there's some really subtle gambling advertisements which can be very hard to initially detect. For example, you'll be listening to the radio or you'll be watching a... um, Sports is just an easy one to reference here, but you'll be listening to a sports TV and they will cross to a show called Expert. But they will cross to a TV segment and they'll be like, oh, what's your feedback on this player's form? Do you think they're going to get this many disposals? And obviously it's directly linked to a gambling company um, and there's no way to know what's going to happen. It's all speculatively put on the user, um, but it's obviously around trying to make money. But initially you might not pick up on it. It might just be a form guide, for example. And for people going through like gambling harm, what could we do to help them? 
Like, yeah, that's probably the most important question of them all. So the best thing you can do is be a supportive friend. Um, it can be very hard to, one, recognise you are falling into a pattern of gambling harm, but also to seek support. And if someone does come to you, you can obviously hear them out. Um, you don't obviously have to necessarily know all the answers, but just being that person of first contact can be really important. We've got organisations like Gamblers Help and the Youth Line that you can also reach out to, and we'll probably have the number linked into the podcast here. Beyond that, you can always reach out to your local community support organisation or if you're the one that's been told about someone experiencing gambling harm, um, what you can do is obviously go to them if you feel comfortable doing that, go with them to that support organisation because obviously the hardest thing is probably taking that first step. Um, but if someone comes to you and says you've got gambling harm, it shows you've really got a really good relationship with it and you shouldn't just look past it. You should try to see what you can do to help in that aspect. So how long have you been a young leader for? I've been a young leader since 2018, so that would be coming up on four years already. So yeah, time flies. Wow. How many Victorians are affected by gambling harm on a yearly basis? So in terms of how many Victorians are impacted by gambling harm, um, we know for every one person that does gamble, it has a ripple effect and impacts up to 10 in the community. So that might be your family, your kids, um, your grandma, your grandpa. In terms of how many people are actually partaking in gambling, it's estimated that 70% of Victorians partake in at least one gambling activity per year. So mathematically, that's about 4 million to 4.5 million will you know, either have a raffle ticket once a month or bet on the Melbourne Cup. And then you've obviously got that further analysed down, which would be a lot more you know, high stakes pokers and then losing a lot of money very quickly. Is gambling a problem for young people and how much money is lost with that? Gambling is increasingly becoming a, a, you know, a significant concern for all people looking and monitoring the space around young people. There's been the inclusion of a lot of mobile apps since you know, touchscreen mobile phones became an invention. And the problem with them is you can sign up at the age of 9, 10, 11, 12. It's not really policed and you can find yourself maybe partaking in um, betting options that you don't really realise the consequences of or how much money you are or the kind of stakes that are really at play. And then gambling is becoming quite normalised for young people through the video game aspect as well. Um, the, you know, the video game companies are generating millions of dollars through loot boxes and it's all very computer generated. It's very similar to the pokies. So the chances of winning are very remote. Um, but it's sold to you as it's a key aspect of playing, so you can't really play a game without it anymore. So that's two ways that they're really targeting young people and it's becoming an increasing problem. In terms of the amount of money that's being lost by young people into gambling, it's estimated to be about $3 million. I was just wondering, what do you think the reasons people actually become addicted to gambling? So I know you can gamble once, but why do you think people want to continuously do it? That's a yeah, very good question. Um, the, the, the science of addiction is very complicated, so probably not for this podcast right here. But what I can say to that is it would be this thrill of winning is one aspect. If you win early on, it can definitely you know make a positive reinforcement so something that you're likely to keep doing because you had a good experience. Second to that, and I guess that's a problem because gambling is not set up for you to win. It's set up for the company to win. That's how come they're profitable. Beyond that, in terms of how that can really become a problem, you might lose a lot of money first time and you might be chasing that or it might be something that you're born into in terms of if it's very normalised around you, you might not have 
the information around how problematic it is, or you might not know where to get support. Um, so there's there's many ways into you know regular gambling behaviour that is problematic. There's no clear set path, um, and you'll probably find if someone has got serious gambling harm, there's many reasons why um, it is becoming a concern. Uh, uh, do you know do you know any websites that can help people to stop gambling? Yeah, so a couple of really really key websites are Gamblers Helpline. Um, so that's a 24-7 phone line, but also a website. So it's just gamblershotline.com. Um, that can be reached on Google, on your phone, any device. The Youth Line, if you type in Youth Line on Google, similar will promote you to get the services and really note in a youth-friendly way what they are. Beyond that, we've got the IPC Health um, people we're working with today. They've got a website that actually talks about gambling counselling and the gambling harm. So again, ipchealth.com.au. And beyond that, if you just type in gambling harm, there should be a lot of good resources around that. Another good one is the Victorian Responsible Gambling Foundation. Um, so they're the body that helps manage and, you know, support people through, I guess, their difficulties with gambling harm. So they're going to have a lot of really good information around where to go. Thank you to Nathan for joining us. Everyone listening, that was Nathan from the Young Leaders of the West talking about gambling harm. This has been our Gambling Harm podcast. I'm your host, Kai, and I would like to thank my co- co-workers, Nathan, Desiree, Wynn, Monica, and Lucas. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, have a great rest of your day. Educating our community about the impacts of gambling harm. Live from Alterna College, Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to the Our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM.